Welcome to the Face Yoga Expert podcast, coming up. And so it's, it's just a way of deflecting stress. So you get good at not absorbing it and reacting, 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 but you're just responding. And I find that a really important exercise. And it's very easy to do, but it's actually very overlooked. Most people are, you know, they get busy and they, they thrive of being busy, but busyness is just a consequence of your choices. <laughs> so it's just a matter of, you know, where do, how do you want to feel? How stressed do you really need to feel? Do you really need to get all explosive about that stressor? Or do you just respond to it? It's, it is just putting it into, into perspective. I'm your host, Danielle Collins, and I'm the world-leading face yoga expert, best-selling author of the book, Danielle Collins Face Yoga, and creator of the international teacher training program, the Danielle Collins Face Yoga Method. 17 years ago, I healed myself from chronic illness, and I've spent the last 15 years teaching, sharing, and serving millions of people in person, on TV, and online to help them look and feel the best version of themselves. This podcast is about giving you simple, effective, natural tips and advice and sharing knowledge and insight from industry experts. If you have a friend who you think would enjoy this podcast, please share it on social media as it means so much if you took a moment to rate and review this podcast as it allows more people to feel healthier and happier naturally. And lastly, don't forget to subscribe so you never miss an episode. This is the Face Yoga Expert Podcast. Hi guys, hope you're doing well. So I have got a really lovely guest on today and I knew I wanted to invite Rosie onto the podcast as soon as I decided to start the Face Yoga Expert podcast. She's someone that I followed on Instagram for many years now and her story of burnout and what she went through is incredibly inspiring. She's one of the country's leading nutritionists. She's just written a really great book on burnout and how you can prevent it and how you can overcome it through nutrition and lifestyle. She's very renowned in the industry. She works with lots of major brands. She's an all-round lovely person. So I really think you're going to enjoy this episode. So let's get straight into it. Hi, Rosie. Thank you so much for being on the Face Yoga Expert podcast. How are you doing? I'm really good. Thank you. I'm so excited that you're here today and I just feel like you've got so much that you can share with us and I want to really dive in by asking you to tell us a little bit about your amazing story. Maybe you could take us back to the beginning, that day when you were in the park, maybe you could explain what happened and and then what yeah. where it took you from there. Yeah, no, definitely. I'll go straight in. So Nearly six years ago now, on March 6th, 2014, I was walking in the park on a beautiful sunny day when all of a sudden I just felt really, really dizzy. And I, before I knew it, basically my knees went from underneath me and I collapsed to the ground. And I freaked out because nothing like that had ever happened to me before. So I just thought I'd go home. So I basically climbed into a taxi and it took me home, got home, climbed into bed and basically stayed there for three years straight. Um, and I was completely paralyzed with exhaustion. I was absolutely knackered and, um, I slept and I slept and I slept and no amount of sleep would make me feel better. And it was just, it was like, I'd never, ever experienced that level of exhaustion before. Um, you know, at my worst, I couldn't even lift my head off the pillow. My whole social life went out the window. I definitely couldn't exercise. I couldn't work. I mean, I could barely do small things like go to the loo, brush my teeth, you know, get dressed. All these things were like really, really debilitating. 
So I, you know, after about, I guess, three weeks or so in bed, not really knowing what the hell was going on, I did what anybody would do in that situation, took myself off to the doctors and asked them to run some blood tests on me and they did. And when they came back, she was just like, no, you're fine. There's nothing wrong with you. You're just normal. You're just depressed. Here are some antidepressants. <laughs> so I kind of burst into tears, went home and I was like, I'm not depressed. I, I've never, ever known this level of exhaustion before. So I felt really frustrated and um, determined to get better because I knew something was going on. I basically did a ton of research, load of reading. I ran a whole bunch of tests on myself. I went to go and see loads of other naturopathic therapists. You know, everything was pointing to the same thing. And eventually I got, it was basically, I got diagnosed and everyone was telling me that I got severe burnout. You get burnout when your plate is already full, but you keep on adding to it. And you're probably wondering what the hell was I doing before I collapsed? Well, I was... Um, basically working like a freight train. I said yes to everything. I was working at the speed of light. I didn't um, sleep properly. I wasn't eating properly. I was over-exercising. I had so much stress, all building and building and building until one thing was the straw that broke the camel's back and I was it. I basically collapsed. Um, and it was a really, really dark place. It was, it, was, it was definitely the hardest thing I've ever had to deal with. I remember when, you know, just being alone in your bed all day, every day, kind of six days out of seven, it's not a healthy place to be. And with only your mind to entertain you, it's a very dark place. And I remember just at my worst times, I would just wail out in despair and just be like, I want to give up. I don't, I don't want to be here anymore. I don't want to wake up another day and feel this level of exhaustion. It was a really, really difficult place to, to, to be. Um, so I, I really, I had to make a hell, of, a hell of a lot of changes, like so many changes. The first change I had to do was change my diet because that was the easiest thing. I had to eat more. I had to eat around the clock. I had to take 40 pills at one point during the, de during the day. And I know that sounds like a lot, but when you're burnt out, you're massively depleted in vitamins and minerals. And so I had to really replenish everything that was missing. And I really noticed a massive difference in my energy when I took those pills. But I, and I really had to change my lifestyle. So one of the biggest things I had to do was slow down. I really had to pull on the reins. I had to set boundaries. I had to ask for help, get, support, get a support network around me, delegate a lot of things, um, and, I, and then the last thing I had to do was change my mindset. And this was definitely the hardest because I found that when I was trying to recover, my thoughts were sabotaging my recovery. And I would wake up and th say things like, why am I so sick? It's not fair. You know, why is this happening to me? Rather than patience and it's, you're going to get better and make sure that you do things that make you feel good and, you know, stop thinking about the things that zap your energy. So, you know, about six years on, 100% recovered. I'm, I can't believe how much energized. I am now, I look back and I can't actually believe how sick I was. Um, but that's why I, I do what I do. You know, my message is really simple. It's burnout sucks. And I wouldn't wish it on my worst enemy. And now I, that's why I get up on stage and I teach people how to be energized, how to manage stress, how not to burn out. And that's why I've written this book um, because I just feel obligated to teach people how to avoid burnout because it's horrible and I wouldn't wish it on my worst enemy. So that's why I wrote the book, Burnout's a Bitch. And, um, yeah, can't wait for everyone to read it and get their feedback. And uh, I just love it. I love helping people so that they don't go to the dark places that I went to. I mean, it's such an inspirational story. and I'm actually nodding along with every word you're saying. <laughs> so I don't know if you know that I've got a, a fairly similar story to yours. Um, okay. I was, um, this is how my journey started as well. So I was 21, so I'm going to be 38 next week. So it's quite a while ago for me. And I 
also became very, very poorly, very, very quickly. Um, I was diagnosed with ME, which is also known as chronic fatigue syndrome, which is very, very similar to to what you're describing. And I was very much bedridden and housebound for around 18 months, Um, completely sort of paralysed with pain throughout Mm -hmm. my whole body, brain fog, extreme fatigue, swelling in all my glands and similar to you it was a huge huge journey on all levels like people always say to me you know how did you recover and there isn't one quick fix answer it's very exactly it's very much sort of everything and it's interesting that you really sort of brought up the mindset thing because just like you you know I would go and have lots of holistic treatments I did loads of research I did everything to heal myself in in the way you did but I would say if I had to pinpoint one thing that healed me more than anything I'd probably say it was mindset actually would you agree for you that that was a a sort of a really big turning point to be honest it wasn't it's definitely important but for me it wasn't the biggest thing for me it was my lifestyle changes and mine was absolutely identified my identifying my stresses mm-hmm. and getting rid of them and as soon as they removed my energy just kind of bounced back it was really black and white really noticeable so I always say that you know if you don't know what your stresses are it's like adding fuel to the fire and unless they're gone or they're eradicated or at least reduced or you're eliminating your exposure to them recovery will take a lot longer absolutely it's so important and it's such a holistic approach as well isn't it you know it's actually it isn't just completely sort of saying well that stresses me so walk away from it. it's actually like well how can I manage that how can I delegate that and you use the word delegation which I think is really really important because I think we so much expect ourselves to be able to do everything for everybody and be everything to everybody but we can't be can we and I think that in today's world you know we don't allow ourselves or we don't give ourselves permission to have downtime mm-hmm. or just have a day off or an hour off or just go and do something for two hours and switch off your phone. I don't know. We're just, the pressure is on. And uh, now more than ever before, there's so many demands. And I call them micro pressures from the moment you wake up to the minute you go to bed. We've got so many micro pressures, you know, to-do lists, social media, kids, deadlines, meetings, and they all build and they build and they build. And so we don't make time to prioritize ourselves and we don't give ourselves permission to say, oh, I need to have a break here. And that's why I think burnout is so prevalent now. Um, And it's also, I think, why, you know, the World Health Organization actually legitimized burnout as a proper condition Mm -hmm. in May last year. So we're seeing it more and more. And I think that's why. Absolutely. And do you find after being in that place, that obviously such a dark place and that place where you were completely bedridden, do you find you still have any sense of fear inside you that you may go back to that place? Now you're obviously 100% recovered. (laughs) It's a really good question. In the Mm. beginning, initially, when I started to be a little bit back and forward, back and forward with my you know, my small hurdles of recovery years ago. Yes, I did worry, but now I'm 100% burnout proof Mm -hmm. and uh, I just feel it. It's almost intuitive. And also, you know, it's managing the expectations. I know I'm not going to go back there because I'm not going to behave in the way that I did before I collapsed. Like I'm, I'm very conscious about keeping my boundaries, getting a good night's sleep, eating around the clock, taking my supplements, not overdoing it, saying no, um, you know, and so I'm, I'm always going to pull on the reins when I start to feel a little bit um, tired or a little bit like, oof, I need to slow down. I'm never, ever going to overset the mark now. And that's why I know that it's, it's just never going to happen again. And it's also intuitive. I just, I'm 100%, I really feel 100% burnout proof. And I feel great. I feel really strong, really confident, really energized, the most I've ever felt, actually. But I think it took that place to really 
recognize what's important and um, to go from such a dark place and to go through that recovery, that journey of recovery and come out the other side, it, it, it also lends itself an element of confidence to your life. Absolutely. And do you find having almost, I call it a toolbox of techniques that I've got um, that I just use day to day. You know, people say to me, um, do you still suffer from symptoms that you had all those years ago? And the answer is no, I don't because I have that toolbox of techniques. Now, if I didn't, if I didn't do those things, then I think that my body could go towards that again. I know that I would never get that ill again. But, you know, there's yeah, so many totally things true. I have to do. You know, I have to do my yoga. I have to have, take my supplements. I have to make sure I balance things. I have to eat the right way. Just those, those holistic therapies. You know, someone yeah. said to me the other day, why did you go to acupuncture? And I said to maintain good health. And that's Absolutely. so important for me, those tools. Do you have sort of some key tools that you use day to day? I mean, my first one is sleep. It's mm-hmm. absolutely fundamental. I know. I noticed that. My the amount of sleep and the quality of my sleep pretty much dictates my energy the next day. So if I've only got like five hours sleep, like a rubbish night, I know that I'll be tired and I might crash. Although it's not very likely anymore, but I do 100%. I'm very scrupulous on my sleep and my sleep hygiene. That's definitely rule number one. Eating around the clock and balancing my blood sugar levels is, is definitely number two. I do notice that if I skip meals or if I go long periods of time without any food, my blood glucose will drop and I'm worried that it will mount a stress response and it will tell the adrenal glands to release cortisol into the bloodstream. And I do get a little bit fatigued if I don't eat regularly. So that's something that I do as well. And then the third thing I would say is when I do start to feel a little bit ahead of myself and I feel like there's a lot going on and I, I'm starting to feel a bit tired and wired and like it's quite you know, like that pressure is on, I take some time off and I go, no, I'm a day off today. And I'm very strict almost on setting those boundaries. Whereas before I'd be like, forget that and just power through. But now I'm like, no. And I, and I, I'm very sort of, I've got no qualms about saying no and saying yes to myself and no to everybody else. Whereas before I would just be like, yes, 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 yes. And please everybody. But so yeah, those are kind of like my, I, I, I call it my burnout box. So you're burnout proof. And those are my tools that I use every single day um, to make sure that I don't fall back into those old habits again. And it's a nicer way of living as well, isn't it? You know, to to have that more balanced, stable structure. I just think that actually when you're going 100 miles an hour, it's not that fun, really, is it? And you're not, life is not meant to be done 100 miles per hour. You don't actually achieve much when you're going 100 miles per hour. And, uh, you know, I always say that, if you've got a lot of work to do and you've got a lot on, it's really important to take regular breaks throughout the day because studies suggest that when you take regular breaks, you're more likely to be have better concentration, better memory, and better um, you know productivity skills. And the alternative is to just go 100 miles per hour from nine o'clock to nine o'clock at night, and then you're going to be absolutely knackered and completely burnt out by the end of the day. Whereas if you take regular breaks throughout the day, you're much more likely to have a wind in your sail and a spring in your set because you've taken little intervals of breaks. And it's, it's exactly the same, same principles apply. It's, it's when you feel like, you know, you could go 100 miles an hour. It's silly to because you don't need to and you're not, not as productive. Absolutely. And what things do you do for your breaks? Do you do meditation, breathing, exercise? Yeah, I do exercise. I get outside. I try to go for a walk. I'll meet up with a friend. I'll go for lunch. I really like to step out of the existing environment, mm-hmm. um, reset my intention and come back in. I find that that's a really big distract- distraction. I call it interrupting the stress response. So before it all mounts and you go into this you know, this cortisol release and the adrenaline and it starts pumping through your bloodstream, 
I like to interrupt that and go outside and step outside of the environment. So stepping outside, going for a walk, meeting a friend, going for lunch, doing a yoga or a gentle exercise class, something like that. Absolutely. And if someone's listening to this and listening to your story and thinking, do you know what? I might be heading towards burnout. What would you say the sort of top signs of burnout are? Definitely um, waking up in the morning after a good night's sleep, but still feeling tired. That I would probably say that's number one sign and symptom. Dragging yourself through the day, feeling extremely exhausted. I, I call it like a zombie. Like you just turn into a zombie where you're so fatigued. It's not like just an energy slump. It's like you're so fatigued, you can't even read a text message or an email, and you just want to go to sleep. Feeling a little bit dizzy from time to time, like unexpe- unexplained dizzy spells. Um, losing your drive, losing your motivation, and finding small tasks challenging. I would say they were, they were the top four or five signs and symptoms to look out for. And if someone's sort of saying, check, check, check with all of those, what would you say would be the first step to either preventing it becoming full-scale burnout or starting that recovery process? Yeah, good question. Number one would be to slow down, 100% pull on the reins. Um, Don't go 100 miles an hour, which is what we were talking about. Um, Take some time out if you can. That's absolutely fundamental because you can't heal in the same place that you got sick. So stepping outside of that place that you got ill and, and take some time off is very healing. And, you know, your, your adrenal glands are basically going, waving their white flag. And so step, take, taking some time off is key. Um, identifying what is zapping your energy. So identifying your stresses and thinking about how you can reduce them or eliminate them or not have them in your life so much. And getting some sleep, 100%. Making sure that your sleep is absolutely on point and you've got a very good sleep hygiene. Because your sleep-wake cycle... Gets, it's very interrupted with stress because when you wake up in the morning, your cortisol levels are meant to be high. They're naturally high in the morning because that's your get up and go hormone. It's your motivation hormone. And then we sleep. That's when it rises. Um, but then at nighttime, conversely, melatonin is high. Um, and that's what basically makes you fall asleep. And then in the morning, it's low. So they do this sort of crossover as you're sleeping. And stress is the biggest one that kind of um, makes that out of, out of whack and out of balance. So, yeah, making sure that you're getting sleep. And yeah, taking time off, eating the right foods, avoiding foods that zap your energy. So that's things like caffeine, not too much alcohol, not too much refined sugar, and making sure that you're eating foods that give you energy, like um, slow-release complex carbohydrates, you know, brown rice, lentils, chickpeas, um, protein at every minute snack, and fats, like healthy, healthy, um, you know, oily fish, nuts, seeds, that kind of thing. Because your body needs these essential amino acids. It needs these essential fatty acids because it doesn't make them. That's why you have to ingest them. So I would say I would I would do those things if you're starting to feel like you're on your way to burnout. Definitely. And supplements as well. What supplements do you usually recommend? I know it's very much an individual thing, so it's always yeah. very hard to recommend sort of a blanket yeah. load of, of supplements. I mean, generally speaking, magnesium's probably up there mm-hmm. because 50% of the population are deficient in magnesium. And when you're stressed, magnesium is the first nutrient to kind of get depleted. So magnesium's a big one. I would say B vitamins are a great addition to giving you a little bit of energy. And that's a B complex. That basically means all of the B vitamins. So B1, B2, B3, B4, all the way up to B12, because they actually work better in synergy. So you can take a B complex. And they're really important. They're basically cofactors for something called ATP. I don't know if you've heard of this, but it's called adenosine triphosphate. And that's your body's energy molecule. So basically, if you don't have magnesium B vitamins present at the site, at the cellular site, it's like it it might be that ATP doesn't get produced. And then I'll just recommend some... uh, 
general adrenal support, which is something like ashwagandha, Siberian ginseng, rhodiola. And these are adaptogenic herbs that basically help to balance the adrenal glands. So if you're super stressed, it will bring your cortisol levels down. If your cortisol levels are low, it will just rise them up to equilibrium again. I do a lot of blood testing. I do a lot of hair mineral analysis testing because I want to make sure what's, I want to find out what's going on with that individual person before I start supplement recommendations. But I would say those would be three things that you could take um, that are quite safe to take uh, if you're feeling a bit run down and knackered, basically. Definitely. They're my sort of go-to. I take B vitamin complex every morning, uh, magnesium every evening. I always take a vitamin C and they're always sort of my go-to supplements as well as yeah, an, acidoph- an acidophilus as well. I've always yeah. found is, is a really, a probiotic, yeah, yeah is, is really, really helpful. Yeah. Um, and if someone's sort of listening to all your tips and just feeling completely overwhelmed by sort of where yeah. to start because obviously as you well know and I know as well when you're at that stage of burnout yeah. everything just feels too much and if someone says to you go and I do know. some meditation or yeah, take that supplement yeah. or you- cut down your coffee or your chocolate it, it feels yeah. a lot doesn't it for people yeah and even in that you're absolutely right even light is a demand when mm-hmm. you're so burnt out you face anything yeah so I would say it's a really good question I would say do what you can do what is the number one thing that you feel you can actually change and how can you move the needle on that and only do one thing because statistics show that if you change one thing there's an 80 percent chance that you're going to stick to it so whether it's take yourself away and go on a holiday whether it's i'm just going to sleep for the rest of the week whether it's i'm just going to stop coffee just i think intuitively you will know what it is but just ask yourself what it is and then just move the needle on that but just do one thing at a time So I just want to take a brief pause in this episode to tell you a little bit about my apps. So I have five apps. I want to talk to you a little bit about how these work and how they can help you as well. So I have two face yoga apps. One of them is 10 Minute Natural Facelift and the other one is Face Yoga for Your Busy Life. And sometimes you'll find this listed on your app store as Face Yoga 1 and Face Yoga 2. So I'm going to tell you a little bit about both of those. So Face Yoga 1 or 10 Minute Natural Facelift is all about really working separate parts of the face in just 10 minutes. So you have a track on the app which is 10 minutes working the upper face and they're all techniques which are designed to lift and firm and smooth the face in that upper part. Then there's a track which is 10 minutes for the lower face. Again, it's about strengthening and toning the muscles under the skin and combining massage with that too. You have a lovely track which is called Warm Up, but this can be used at any point during your face yoga workout or any point during the day. And this is all massage techniques. They're really designed to boost the circulation in the skin, help to increase the collagen and elastin production, help to detoxify and help to improve lymphatic drainage. You have 10 minutes on this app, which is focused on acupressure, affirmations and some nice releases for the shoulder and the neck as well. Now, there's three bonus tracks on this app. So you have a lovely bonus track, which is focused on body yoga, which really benefits the face. And it's wonderful where it's filmed as well. So you'll see it on top of a really nice building in London in the beautiful spring sunshine overlooking the most amazing view. So it's such a nice app. 
You've also got a really excellent interview with a skincare expert, which explains how to make your own skincare at home using really simple natural ingredients, which you'll find in your kitchen. And there's also a track on this app, which is how to make juices and smoothies really easily at home, which are going to benefit your skin. So this is Face Yoga 1 or 10 Minute Natural Facelift, and it's available on DVD as well. The second face yoga app, which I've got, which you can just download by searching Danielle Collins on your app store, is Face Yoga for Your Busy Life, sometimes called Face Yoga 2 on your app store. Now, this is perfect if you want to do a structured face yoga program, but you really want to integrate it into your day. So you have 15 face yoga tracks on this app and they're all between one and a half and three and a half minutes each. And on each track, I recommend where you can do these little mini workouts. So for example, when you wake up in the morning, when you're in bed just before you go to sleep, when you're in the shower, when you're sitting in front of the TV and you're just relaxing on your sofa, just before you put your makeup on, just before you go out to a party whilst you're in your car. So there's loads of really good examples of when you can actually integrate face yoga into your day-to-day life. If you just want to do it as one full workout, so it takes about 30 minutes, you can sit down and enjoy it in that way. So it doesn't need to be done at these certain points in the day. It's entirely up to you how you use it. And this app is also filmed in a beautiful location. It's filmed in Greece on the beach. So you see the sea, the sunshine, the sand. So you really can immerse yourself in that relaxing experience as well. And this app has two bonus tracks. You have a meditation session, which is all focused on helping you to look and feel the best you can. And if you're a regular to my podcast or you follow me on social media, you know that I believe that real beauty comes from the inside out. And that means working on our mindset. So this meditation is really going to help to complement all the hard work you're doing with your face yoga. And there's also a lovely body yoga section. Again, it's filmed with the beautiful sunset in Greece. You'll see the sea. It's like a beautiful silvery colour as you're doing this body yoga workout. And all these body yoga poses are beneficial for the face. And then I have three other apps which you can search Danielle Collins on your app store for as well. So there's a body yoga app, a well-being yoga app, and there's also a mama yoga app. So the body yoga app is six 10-minute sections all focused on yoga and Pilates for toning and strengthening different parts of the body. So for example, there's 10 minutes on the bottom area, 10 minutes on the tummy area, 10 minutes on the arm area, and so on. And this also has some great bonus tracks. The Wellbeing Yoga app, which is also called 10 Minute Natural Mood Lift, and again, it's available on DVD, is probably one of my favourite apps. And the reason being is these were all techniques I used when I was very ill with ME 17, 18 years ago. I used all of these techniques to heal myself. So it really leads you through gentle techniques, gentle yoga, meditation, affirmations, positive thinking, and the focus is all on increasing increasing the energy and enhancing the well-being. And the final app on the App Store, which is more recently made, is my Mama Yoga app. So this is perfect if you're pregnant and you want to do some safe and beneficial meditation, yoga and exercise. 
It also leads you through some hypnobirthing, which you can use during your labor. And then it shows you how to do yoga techniques safely straight after you've given birth and then following on after that six week checkup. And one of the most fun parts about this app is how to do massage with your baby and how to do some children's yoga with your toddler or preschooler. And you'll get to see my lovely Lucia and Lilia on this app. So that's it. That's all of my apps. Five apps. Just search Danielle Collins on your app store and four of these apps. So all of them apart from the Mama Yoga app are available as DVD. So let's get back to this episode now. And it's allowing yourself to just think about things in the big picture because it's so easy to sort of hone in on the on the small things. You know, I have to go and do that meeting or if I don't go and take my children to this place tomorrow, that's going to be a big deal. Or if I don't go and do the big food shop this afternoon, even though I'm exhausted, if your health isn't good, then none of those other things are going to work. Oh, I always recommend to my clients to write a stop doing list. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you've ever done this before. But you basically write down all the things that you hate doing, that zap your energy, that you dread, and that are actually not not important and they're not urgent. So, um, and it's actually really refreshing, and you you you'll free up a lot of time if you start writing down a stop doing list. And then you can just what, when I was sick, what I did was I just wrote down three things that I needed to do that day, just three, mm-hmm. because any more was way too ambitious. So it was basically, what three things must I do today, do or die? And that's all I achieved. And I didn't feel guilty because it was still goal setting and I still achieved them, but I didn't feel frazzled by it and overwhelmed by all the other things I needed to do. And that was really, really helpful. But most people feel frazzled because their diaries are left to complete randomness. Mm-hmm. They feel overwhelmed because their to-do lists are mega, but they don't know how to prioritize. And so writing a to-do list, only writing down your top three things that you must do that day, kind of, you know, segregates all of the things that you need to do and puts things into, into, into priority. And, and, and you're right about perspective. I mean, the number one way to deal with stress is to put it into perspective. And, you know, you can do that by asking yourself, you know, these three simple questions, which is number one, is that stress at the end of the world? No, most likely. Number two, will that stressor change in time? Yes, because nothing lasts forever and most stresses are just fleeting. And number three is, is there someone worse off than you? And I really like those questions because mm. they, just put, they just put it into perspective. And they almost, in that instant, diffuse the stressor. Therefore, you don't mount that stress response that you could have potentially done. And so it's, it's just a way of deflecting stress. So you get good at not absorbing it and reacting, 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 but you're just responding. And I find that a really important exercise. And it's very easy to do, but it's actually very overlooked. Most people are... You know, they get busy and they they thrive of being busy, but busyness is just a consequence of your choices. <laughs> so it's just a matter of you know where do how do you want to feel? How stressed do you really need to feel? Do you really need to get all explosive about that stressor, or do you just respond to it? It's it is just putting it into, into perspective. You're you're right. You're absolutely right. And something I always found um, helpful is um, do dump or delegate. So when you've got quite a lot of things that you feel that. That you should be doing, either just do it if you can do it, dump it if it's really not important, get rid of that thing on your list, it really doesn't matter, or delegate it, you know, ask somebody for help, Absolutely. see if somebody else can do it, because that feeling of that huge long to-do list yeah. can be overwhelming yeah. in itself, because sometimes overwhelm yeah. is just the thought of things, it doesn't actually have to be what we're doing in the moment. 
Where did you get that from, Do Dump Delegate? Did you make that up? I don't know. I've used that for years and years. I have no idea where I first got that. You can you can, you can use it. Thank you. You're absolutely right. And I think I think that delegating is key. Um, when I was sick, I, I didn't share this part of the story with you, but I have an identical twin sister mm-hmm. and she was living in Hong Kong at the time and I was completely on my own for the first year or two in burnout. Mm-hmm. And um, she actually moved in with me. She moved back from Hong Kong moved in with me, moved into the spare room, and she cooked for me. She did all my things. She looked after me. And I had to rely on her. She, I basically, you know, I delegated a lot of things to her. Mm-hmm. But she was my lifeline. And I, I swear to God, if she wasn't around, I don't know, I absolutely wouldn't have recovered. And I don't know where I would be today. But she saved me. And, you know, not only did she help me do things physically, mentally she supported me. She would always sit down with me and tell me and encourage me that I would get better again. She would always say, it's just a moment, Rosie. It's not forever you will get better you will and she always instilled that message in me and we would always do little exercises together like we would meditate together or we would write down all the things that I'm good at or the things that I like I all my strengths and that would instantly lift me and we would always have fun she would always inject a level of fun with me so that I wasn't always just down and my mind just wasn't consuming me um so yeah asking for help and delegating and you know the people if you ask somebody to help you you know, let's say you're asking a loved one, they want to support you. They don't want to see you burnt out. They don't like seeing you like this. Um, so it's don't be afraid to ask for help. Definitely is one of the other things I would say. That is such an important message because we do think that actually we should be doing it all yeah. ourselves and it makes us look more independent or stronger. And yeah. I think actually, particularly as women, we think we should be everything to everybody. Yeah. But people don't mind, like you say. And if they do mind, they can just say no. You know, it's worth asking for help. They never say no. Most people will be like, of course I will help. You don't even have to ask me. You know, we're humans at nature. You know, that's that's how we're wired. That's how we're built. It's it's a basic need is being around people and supporting each other. And so, you know, and all you have to do is ask your closest person Mm -hmm. and they are not going to say no. And and it's really fundamental to recovery is getting that support, getting that help and delegating so that you can focus on yourself, put yourself first and, and recover. And if someone's listening to this and thinking, I eat healthily, I do lots of nice balanced exercise, I sort of take time for myself, I sleep quite well, but I'm still tireder than I want to be. What would you say is sort of the most important piece of advice for somebody like that? And maybe highlighting some of the biggest energy zappers as well would be great. Yeah, that's a good one. I mean, fundamentally, first and foremost, always go to your GP and get a blood test done mm-hmm. because you don't know what's really going on until you've got some tests, test results in front of you. So I always do blood tests first. So make sure you're ruling out iron deficiency because you can be absolutely knackered if you've not got enough iron. Yeah. Because what iron does, it carries oxygen around the blood and it carries it to all of the organs and basically that's what's giving you the energy. Make sure you, you rule out a vitamin D deficiency. Again, if you've got uh, chronic vitamin D at low vitamin D levels, you can just walk around and feel extremely tired and feel very low and sad at the same time. Um, and check your thyroid gland. So your thyroid basically governs your metabolism. It's the gland that's in your throat. It's very common for that to be very um, slow now and sluggish. And it's called underactive thyroid or hypothyroidism. Um, and it's very common, particularly in women. And you can find that you're dragging yourself through the day, you're tired, especially mid-afternoon. You know, you have difficulty losing weight, you have cold hands, cold feet, you've got digestive issues. So I would always rule those out first and then make sure that you change your diet. I find that when people change their diet, 
and they start to eat foods that give them energy and they take the foods away that zap their energy like coffee. Yeah. <laughs> People have so much work when they, when they take, take coffee out. So I would, I would consider doing that, you know, running those tests, getting a, I always, I don't know if you've heard of the hair mineral analysis test. Yeah. I use that on all of my clients. You basically just cut a little bit of your hair, send it to the lab and they, they basically measure what nutrients you're deficient in, particularly all the minerals. And they also measure if you've got heavy metal toxicity, because again, that's another reason why um, you could be tired. You could have um, aluminium toxicity and that can give you headaches and make you feel tired and sluggish. Or you might have major, you know, like sodium potassium deficiency, and that can make you feel really dizzy and tired. So um, tests is, is a really a big thing um, in terms of if you feel like you're doing everything, but nothing's working, or you still feel tired, I would definitely go and get some tests done. Um, and just change your diet. What is it that you can change in your diet? Do you need to eat more protein? Do you need to eat more calories? I see a lot of people not eating enough food um, because people forget that food in is energy in. And uh, yeah, so caffeine, making sure you're eating enough calories and going to get some tests done. I would say they were, they were the key things to do if you're still feeling tired. And getting those tests is so, so important. I mean, I um, obviously look after myself really, really well. But since I had yeah. my first daughter seven years ago, I would get very long periods. So I was really aware that perhaps my iron levels were lower than they should be. So I would take a, a sort of a Spartone iron supplement every day. And I got a, a call last year from somebody I know through doing some TV work with. And she actually rang me just from a professional point of view to tell me a little bit about how she has been doing a lot of research into iron levels into ferritin and how so many women are so deficient in this and Mm. that actually all these symptoms can be as a result of the the low ferritin and she went and had a iron infusion she had an iron clinic at harley street in london she just found her life change from that and then i um I had my all my sort of tests done and, and my ferritin levels and they were okay, but they were lower than yeah. they should be. And I Four had the nine. iron inf- exactly. And I had the iron infusion last, I'm trying to think, probably about April, I think I had it. And I felt horrendously ill for about a week after. And wow. then since then, just energy's better periods are shorter and it's amazing to think actually how just being deficient in that one thing absolutely yeah it makes such a difference even though obviously I look after myself so well I do all the things you're meant to do so actually going and getting tests is so important because it could just be one thing you know for me it was the iron but like you say for somebody else it could be vitamin d or could be their magnesium levels or could be their thyroid and that little tweak even though you might feel great I was feeling great you realize you can feel a little bit greater you know and there's nothing wrong with that just by tweaking that one thing And, and there's another vitamin that I didn't mm. mention, which is B12. Obviously, right. you yeah. know, if, if you are eating more of a plant-based diet and you're more vegan, more vegetarian, there's, it could be, uh, you could be deficient in B12. And again, if you're deficient in B12, you're going to feel so, so tired, so fatigued. And you can go and get B12 injections. And most women, when they do that, it's like what you were saying, you just feel like superwoman again. Um, so, yeah, it's really important to go and get your bloods done. And I always do that first whenever I see my clients in my clinic. I'm like, right, bloods first. Because it might not necessarily be the adrenal glands. It could be the, the thyroid's overriding and taking over. Or it could just be that you've got, yeah, like you say, a vitamin D deficiency or, or iron. And that will rectify the solution quite nicely. And in terms of your skin, because obviously being the face yoga expert podcast, we talk a lot about skin <laughs> and the face on, on this podcast. When you were ill, how did you find that affected your skin? And how now 
do you find that your skin is different now you've recovered great question i've actually not really reflected on that but Mm. i actually had really dull gray skin and uh i had dark circles under my eyes it was it was quite dry my skin Mm -hmm. um but now everyone i mean especially recently everyone's been commenting on how amazing my skin looks how how fresh how plump how glowing it is and i have to say i have changed certain things in my most mostly my skin routine i'm very sort of conscious about what i put on my skin now um and how i feed it with things but yes definitely before it was very dry very gray and just uh kind of dead looking and dull really good point and it's amazing now that you can actually see that difference are there any particular products that you swear by that really sort of help your skin I've been using sheet masks with hyaluronic acid in them. Great. I mean, you probably know this, but hyaluronic, hyaluronic acid, what it does is it tells the fibroblasts in the skin to synthesize collagen. And that's what basically makes your skin look really, really plump. So I'm, I'm obsessed with these sheet masks and I use those. But I've also been doing inward nutrition, so inside out. And probiotics are just phenomenal for skin health. And also cutting out dairy, I find um, for myself certainly, but across the board with my clients, when they take dairy out and they swap it for other calcium-rich foods, instead they just notice that their skin really, really clears up. So probiotics, maybe a dairy-free diet and um, some hyaluronic acid, I find that really effective in terms of three simple steps you can do to make your skin look a bit better. Which sheet masks do you use, just out of interest? Oh, there's a new one by, is it Sarah Chapman, Skinnesis? Okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That one amazing, yes, it is. Yeah, yeah, great. That's a a really good one. I always think using lovely masks, whether it be a sheet mask or another type of mask, that in itself is such a nice little self care routine that's going to just help you feel better. Yeah, it's like me time, it's like a little quick 10 minute thing where you can just breathe, yes, and uh, you know, not feel burnt out. And, And for 10 minutes, just turn off your phone. Put your, airplane, put your phone on airplane mode and just switch off, 100%. Definitely. And that in itself helps the skin look better. You know, what we feel on the inside shows out through our skin yeah. almost immediately. Yeah, I, it's like that. It's like a confident boost. Yeah. <laughs> it's like when you just had a blow dry, you feel really, really good. You're yeah, like, woohoo, got exactly. <laughs> it's exactly the same thing. <laughs> And before we sort of wrap up, just last question. Um, I do actually have some quick fire questions for you in a minute, which will be fun. But just last question generally on what we've talked about is sugar cravings. I know from experience of working with my clients and then obviously from when I was very unwell myself, that cravings for sugar can be really quite tough to beat actually and obviously sugar is a massive energy zapper and it's something which is really important to cut down to um, prevent burnout but also to recover from burnout how would you say is the best way to sort of curb sugar cravings as someone listening to this is sort of saying and actually uh, alongside the sugar the coffee as well because you've obviously mentioned coffee as as an energy zapper maybe you could just talk us through that so first thing for um, stopping those sugar cravings, you want to make sure that you're balancing your blood sugar levels throughout the day. Because if you're starting your day with, like, let's say, I mean, this is a really extreme example, but a bottle of Lucozade and a bowl of cornflakes, right? Mm-hmm. That sugar surge is going to make your blood glucose rise really high really quickly. Um, and the more sugary the foods that you eat, the more you're going to want and the more cravings you're going to have later. So by balancing your blood sugar levels, and, and you, you basically do that by eating protein at every meal and snack. So in order to curb the cravings a little bit more, you want to make sure that you're having adequate protein at breakfast, then at, then at your mid-morning snack, then at your lunch, and then mid-afternoon, and then at evening, so that you, you it basically so that it, it balances your blood sugar levels. 
Um, something else you can try is fish oils. So taking a fish oil supplement at breakfast and then at lunchtime, what the fish oil does is it assists insulin in the transportation of glucose from out of the bloodstream and into the cells so that you're less likely to crave that sugar. And I find it really powerful. Whenever my clients take fish oils in the morning, they just, they're almost averse to sugar. They're just like, oh, I just don't want any sugary foods. So you can balance your blood sugar levels, take some fish oils. Now with the coffee, if you're having a lot of coffee, like 10 cups of coffee per day, I wouldn't just go cold turkey. I would wean yourself off it quite steadily. But you want to make sure that you're just swapping it. So you might just do for one cup of coffee, you cut that back and just have a decaf. Or you might just have one herbal tea. Um, and there's lots of caffeine-free alternatives. So that's things like barley cup coffee, dandelion cup coffee, um, shikari root. They're all completely different plants, but they don't contain caffeine in them. And they, they look the same. They smell the same. They don't quite taste the same. But it's that really important thing, which is when you take something out of the diet, you're meant to replace it with something else. So you can sort of explore swapping those things and just see how you go. I mean, I really find that when um, I put people on a caffeine-free diet – Yes, it's difficult for the first five days, but after that, their energy really significantly improves. That's such great advice. And just before we finish, can we do a few quick fire questions? Yeah, definitely. Go for Amazing. it. Amazing. Okay, so what's your favourite colour? Uh, rose red. Your favourite crystal? Oh, I don't know. Uh, I'm not sure. I'm not too... Um, You're not into crystals. Probably the, is it rose quartz? Yeah, rose quartz. That's always yeah, a nice one. Your favourite cool. animal? Cat. <laughs> ah. Your favourite star sign? Oh, Capricorn. Ah. And um, your favourite memory? Oh my God! Probably buying my house two oh, years ago. That's a nice that's such one. a brilliant, uplifting, like kind of straight weight off the shoulders kind of moment. It was really, it really was a game changer. Amazing. Your favourite drink? Gosh, pina colada. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Um, your favourite food? Chocolate. Sorry, this is all coming from a nutritionist, but I'm big. <laughs> it's all about balance. Ball. <laughs> Your favourite happy place? I think my house. I just, I've just made it really nice, and it's just very good energy. That's lovely. And your top tip for inner peace? I would say having a cup of tea. Oh, <laughs> lovely. And just winding down and reflecting on the day that really makes me feel calm. Rosie, thank you so much. You shared so much wisdom and insight and advice for us. So you've been an amazing guest. Thank you. Yay, thanks so much. So I hope you've enjoyed this episode. If you'd like more information on face yoga or you'd like to become a face yoga teacher, just head to our website, faceyogaexpert.com for more information. If you'd like to do a regular structured daily face yoga program to get the best results, you can either use one of my apps, just search Danielle Collins on your app store, or you can use my book, just search Danielle Collins Face Yoga on Amazon. And thank you for joining me today. And I look forward to seeing you again next time.